0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're back, and and we're going to start on a somber note. Let me just tell you. Let me get it out of the way early. We're going to start on a somber note. Red Wings lose tonight. I lose to Minnesota. That marks four, I believe, losses in a row. One point through those four. One point through those four. That's not going to get it done. Dylan Larkin did not play tonight. Left the third in the third period on Tuesday after taking a shot off the hand. Um, Philip Pronick today, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he went to the hospital. I assume so. He got leveled. I've never seen a person get hit that hard in my life. Football's making the game safer. I've never seen a hit like that in football. The guy's head had a shoulder of a large human being and Ryan Reeves driven through it with enough force that I genuinely think it would have broken a concrete wall. I genuinely think it would. there would have been a couple cracks. So when your first point getter and your third point getter are both out, you've just gone four games with only one point. And during this time, your competitors, the people that you're fighting for a playoff spot against, they're sneaking up on you a little bit. And without those two guys, it doesn't look great. I'm getting a little nervous, guys. And I don't want to be sad. I don't want to start the show off down because this we got an exciting weekend ahead of us. We've had some good shit happen, MSU, the Lions, and the fucking Jets game. I cannot wait. When's the last time? I guess with the Lions recently, but before the last few weeks, think about your life. When's the last time you've headed into a weekend and been like, I can't wait for what I'm doing, Sunday? When is the last time that's happened? It's always, oh, Friday night's going to be, Saturday we got these plans. Sunday you're like, yeah, I'll watch football, I guess. When's the last time that Sunday – Has been the kingpin day of the weekend. It is right now for me. I got some plans. We'll go out on a little boat. Little see some Christmas lights on Saturday. I'm waiting on Sunday. I'm waiting for 10 a.m. Pacific to roll around. I'm going to throw on my nicest lion shirt. Fucking ironed and pressed. Spray a couple spritzes of cologne. And I'm going to be in front of a television. With a beverage in my hand. For 60 minutes. Until we get this thing done. Until our boys are on a jet back from New York. At 7 and 7. We got some fun stuff ahead, but I need to talk about the Red Wings because I understand hockey's not football. I understand it's not as popular, but I've said it on this show. I've said it in, in videos. The Red Wings are something about them just near and dear to my heart. I love when the Red Wings are good. I love watching them. I love playoff hockey. And when the Red Wings are in it, everybody knows it's better from coast to coast. Everyone knows that. I just love these, I love the franchise, and let's be real, of the four in Detroit, they've been the one we've been able to lean on, at least throughout my life, and it's, we're in a dark spot here, I'm not giving up hope on these guys, because we still have so much time, this team could get hot, we could win 10 in a row, who gives a fuck, isn't that what uh, New Jersey did, they won like 13 straight, who gives a fuck dude, why not, you never know, hockey's a crazy game, shit happens. We got talent elsewhere. A couple of these rookies start to find their stride. Berggren's been stepping up. They just recalled Soderblom to replace Larkin. Eh, you never know. So I'm not giving up hope. But it doesn't look as promising as it did a week ago. I mean, you no Larkin. The phronic thing sucks, but no Larkin alone. Oh, You could see it tonight like, oh. He's so good, and he's so important to this team. He plays with talent, Raymond, Perron, Kubalik, whoever he's out out there with, but Dylan Larkin is just a horse of a fucking hockey player. This guy does everything for the Red Wings. He backchecks. He's the guy who carries the puck. He playmakes. He scores goal off other people's plays. He scores goals on his own. He's not afraid to get a little chippy. He won't let you near the goalie. Like This guy does everything. He's lightning. With the puck on his stick. And he goes down and he's the captain. And it's like, oh, I'm sure there's a little wind out of the sails, right? Your captain who's your best player who's been on fucking fire all season long. He goes down. There's got to be a little, ah. Oh, and I'm sure they're doing that. Come on, boys it for Lark's. Like, we'll be all right. But there's, ah, oh, fuck, we lost him. Anybody, take me. Don't take Larkin. Take anybody. And then you back it up with losing your third point getter and probably best defenseman throughout the season as much as I love Mo and as great as he's going to be, Filipronik. And it's like, fuck, that's the last thing we needed. It's the last goddamn thing we needed is another key player to get injured. Like, we're already struggling as it is. We're in a little bit of a dry spell, and we're just fucking getting knocked down the ladder even more. It's a bummer because now I'm afraid – eiserman or whoever well i guess steve eiserman will flip the switch and say kill it it's a dead body we'll be done with it we'll hit the lottery one last time and next year is where we go the rookies are all get a year older maybe we call up a couple more edvinson maybe kosa we'll see how far away he is marco casper maybe we add a little bit more he decides now in free agency instead of getting glue guys and these veterans you know what i'm gonna do I'm going to go get, eh, I don't know, the best player on the market. Maybe he pulls one of those, and next year it's pedal to the metal. The Detroit Red Wings are going to make a playoff appearance. I'm afraid of that, and it sounds great, and I'm sure if that's what Iserman decided to do, it would work. I'm sure it would, but I, oh, we tasted it. We I have the fucking – I'm salivating. I'm like Pavlov's dog. I saw a little bit of it. We were playing like a playoff team. We were winning games. We were getting points out of games. We should have lost by two or more. I was there. I was ready for this to be the season. I didn't expect anything once we got there, but I was ready for this to be the time where it's like, yes, the Red Wings are back. Maybe we lost in the first round, but hey, NHL, this is the start of another reign of terror at the hands of Steve Eisenman. That's what I was ready for. And it's like the rug just got pulled on from under us. It's so fucking brutal. I, It's I don't want them to go make a move because that that's a possibility. Like if they wanted to go get some help and kind of fill in some of these holes. I don't want that. I think the rebuild is more important than fuck it. Let's make the playoffs this year. I I'm not saying that it's just, you know, it felt good to have a winning team and the lines have come along, which has been huge. So definitely softening the blow of this. But the Red Wings, it was like, fuck, we got someone competitive and they're still hanging around. Like I said, things could change. But it's just the wind is out of the sails right now. Whoever they play next, I'll look it up right now, they need two points. I felt like they needed two tonight against Minnesota. They got to get two against the Sens on Saturday. Ottawa's no good. Ottawa's no good. It's at LCA. It's a Saturday matinee. The place is going to be buzzing. They know what we're going through. They know they could use some help. Detroit's going to show out. You got to find the way to get two against the Sens. Offense has stalled the last two somebody's got to step up. Lucas Raymond, maybe this is your time to, hey, we know you can score goals, kid. Let's let's see what you can do playmaking-wise. Maybe this is his time to kind of run the show. Mo Sider, from the point, you're going to be pulling the strings, buddy. This is on you. Like, maybe we toss the keys to somebody else and let them drive the car. Maybe they're just above the age to do so, but hey, fuck it, dude. Everyone's got to start somewhere. We know they got the talent. We know they got the potential. There's a reason they were taking fourth overall and sixth overall. Steve Eisenman believes they they can, otherwise, he wouldn't have done that. So let's see. Let's see. And maybe those guys catch fire and it brings us back to last year to the second degree. And this team keeps going. Larkin comes back, Kronik comes back, and here we are in a playoff spot regardless. I fucking hope that's the case. Just a little down bad. That's all, guys. Just a little down bad about it. Ah, I love Red Wings. I was convincing myself I probably shouldn't have done it. I know. I know I probably shouldn't have done it, but I'm sitting here daydreaming about playoff hockey again, seeing the red sweaters out the octopus down at the center ice while the guys run out or skate out. I was daydreaming a little bit. I was picturing me tuning in for game one of that series or game three in Detroit. And the first time the camera cuts into center ice, it says hockey town across the wing wheel. That's what I was waiting on. I was fucking, I'm sitting at work at 1.34 on a Tuesday like, oh my God, dude. How sick is that going to be? Red Wings back in the playoffs for the first time in long, And now we got Hockey Town back. Oh, come on, dude. How sick would that be? God damn. I got a little ahead of myself. I did. I know I did, but that's the beautiful part of being alive. We daydream. We think about, ooh, like, what's it going to be? We think about the best moments. I don't want to be sitting there thinking, well, Red Wings are going to finish in a lottery again, and the season will be over by February. I don't want to think about that at work. I'm at work. I want to think about L the Octopus. I want to think about an octopi meter. 22 squids thrown on the ice tonight in game three of the series. Red Wings tied 1-1. Like, I want to think about that LCA. I've listened whoever, whoever's on the call. I've been in this booth quite a few times. I've never heard this building as loud as it is tonight. This is going to be a good one in hockey town of all places. Like, give me, give me that. Let me sit down on the couch. The sun's shining. I have an ice cold. I'm hanging out with my buddies. I'm wearing my Red Wing sweater and we've got playoff hockey about to start. Since the first time I, I was a freshman in college the last time I got to see this shit. That's what I was daydreaming about. And, you know, here we are. Our Captain's out for who knows how long. Could be a while. Bertuzzi, his hands have given him problems for more time than I would like. Kronik doesn't have a brain. I don't know. Like, guy got put down. I don't know when he's coming back. And we're not playing well on top of all that. I don't know. I think they'll figure it out. Or at least... They're not going to let this thing crash and burn, but now I'm a little nervous that if it, we slide a little further, if we get a little closer, it's going to be all right. Let's, Peron, you're going to go here. Let's we'll sell off one more lottery, and the, I'm afraid of that because I just want to be good. I tasted it and I remember it and I love it and I want it to happen again. That's all. While I'm still young, please, somebody, anybody, I'll take a quick break, and um, the game of the week in the city. Hollywood market putting up signs about these guys. The single thing keeping me going in my sports life. We're going to talk about your Detroit Lions. Six and seven, one game out of a wild card spot. Detroit Lions heading to the Meadowlands to take on the seven and six New York Jets, who are also fighting for their lives. Quick break. I might have to rewatch the Lions-Vikings highlights again by the time I'm done with this, honestly. I think it'll be the fourth time I've watched them. I might, Fifth? I don't even know anymore. I might have to do it again because that stadium was absolutely tuned this past Sunday. We got a road game on our hands. Road games in the NFL are tough to win. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care what their record is. I don't care how good their home field advantage is. doesn't matter. Road games are tough to win in the NFL. That's why we were all so jazzed about that Giants win. Remember that? We didn't have anything going for us. It wasn't like, oh, that's the, now we're close. It was like, oh shit, we won a road game against a playoff team. Fuck yeah. We needed those. Those are tough to do. We finally, we kind of broke the seal. All right, Dan Campbell's first. Let's fucking, we feel good. People feel good about that. The Jets is going to be, they're going to be a tough test, dude. The Jets are pretty solid. I mean, you don't go seven and six in the NFL without being pretty solid. We've, we've seen it firsthand. You watch this team the last six weeks, I believe. And it's like, how the hell were they 1-6? and six? Shit's tough to do. It's hard to win in the NFL. So this is going to be no different. But I'm at a stage right now with the Detroit Lions where I don't care who you put in front of us. I'd take our guys. That's how I feel right now. And I don't care, dude. Say it's the romantic in me. Say it's the storytale version, fucking daydreaming at work person in me. I don't even care. I genuinely believe right outside of the Bills – outside of the Chiefs and outside of the Eagles, give me anybody, anybody. I don't know if we'll win. I'm not guaranteeing any of that. But I like our odds against anybody. They have so much on the lot. Like the feeling of we didn't come this far just to lose now. That shit is running rampant through the locker room. How couldn't it? And listen, the Jets have been good. They've had a nice season. They've been more so up and down, right? They're not hot as we are. They're not – they weren't dead in the casket and then fucking rose from the dead and nobody can believe it. They probably are feeling pretty good about themselves. They should be. They're not feeling the same way the Lions are. That Just plain and simple, they are not. Dan Campbell's hitting a stride. Ben Johnson's fucking elite – We're hitting field goals all of a sudden. Yeah, Badgley missed one Sunday, but three for four whatever he did. And then the dagger at the end. All right, I'll live with that, Mike. We can do that all day. The defense is getting better. We run the fucking football. Jared Goff has been great all season long. He's been unbelievable the last six. Wide receivers are coming back from injury. Jamison Williams gets thrown into the fray. Aiden Hutchinson is dominating football games. How couldn't I feel good? And I get that the Lions have done this for years, and it's the history. 1993, I know. People like, I get comments sometimes where I'm sitting there like, people know I'm a Lions fan, right? I remember. I've been at those games. I watched them on television. When they lost that Bears game last year, Dan Campbell, the season opener when Swift dropped that, I laid on my driveway for, I don't know, like 30 minutes. I just laid on the driveway. Didn't do any. I didn't listen to music. I didn't talk. I was just laying outside. I remember the bad times. I know what these guys are capable of. Not in the good way, but I also know what they're capable of. We've seen what they're capable of against some damn good opponents. That Vikings team, they were 10 and 2. And it was at Ford Field, sure. And the place was rocking, sure. Kirk Cousins played his tits off. And we won that game by 11. I know Mike White's been pretty good. I kind of roasted him a little bit on Tuesday. Didn't mean to do that. Wasn't my intention. But Mike White, I was he the most notable guy coming out of college? People today on my TikTok were like, yeah, no, he was, Mike White had a little hype around him last year. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Maybe he did. I didn't. I'm not a Jets fan. I don't follow the AFC North. Is that what they're? Or AFC East. Um, but all right. Sure. No problem. Mike White is, isn't is Kirk Cousins, though, as far as reputation and brand name. I know he's pretty good. From what I've seen, he got sawed in half against Buffalo. Fucking murdered. He's going to play. He's going to gut it out. And who knows, like I said last week or Tuesday, guys like Mitchell Trubisky have roasted us. Geno Smith did us in. I'm not like, we're inevitable. We can't. Nobody, unless you're Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Not Tom Brady this year. But unless you're elite. You don't have a chance against us. I I know that that's not the case either. He just doesn't strike the fear of God into me. And the only thing that would make me hesitant against his Lions team right now is guys that strike the fear of God into me. Dude, like the Bears game I'm a little nervous for just because I think Fields, hopefully they keep him out. But if Fields plays, the guy's electric. Bears fans I know are kind of split on him. Justin Fields is fucking electric, dude. Did you see what he did the first time the Lions and the Bears played? Guy does shit, nobody else does. Kyler is fat, RIP. By the way, that run field's tore off. What's up? What's up, dude? He scrambles, he buys time, he makes throws. Like That guy's good. That guy makes me nervous. The Bears are bad. That guy makes me nervous about a game like that. Mike White doesn't quite do it for me. Their defense does, however. The Jets' defense does make me a little hesitant because... Vikings got a pretty good defense and we score. Oh, no, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. We scored on them. Bills have a pretty good defense. 25. Okay. I'll take it. But the Cowboys did us in. Bill Belichick fucking murdered us. I don't know. And the offense has been humming so nicely. It feels a little bit like, how long can we keep this going? How long are we going to score 30 every fucking time? Come on. Like, Jets got a pretty good defense. Sauce Gardner's a dog. Robert Sully's a defensive guy. It's on the road. How long? We play in a dome. This is going to be outside. How how much? We got this. Is this offense going to keep cooking? I'm a little bit nervous about the offense matching up with their defense. I think our defense will play great. I think our defense will do what it's done. Stop the run and then go get after the quarterback and passing downs. I think James Houston and Aiden Hutchinson will both have good games. I think Zach Pascal will have another good game. I think Aleem McNeil will have another good game. And Hopefully Jeff Okuda plays. I think he'll have another good game. I think the defense will be pretty good. I'm not so worried about that. Yeah, the Jets will probably score a touchdown or two for sure. Just like it's hard to win, it's very hard to keep opponents scoring zero points in the NFL. Yeah, I'm sure they'll score. Like last week, the Vikings are going to score. Our defense played really well. The Vikings are going to score. That's just. Football. Like they got sweet guys too. Justin Jefferson's on their team. Yeah, they're gonna score. The Jets, Garrett Wilson's is fucking savage. Yeah, he'll probably score. He's a tough guy to stop. Yeah, Mike White's a little frisky. He can do some things. He'll probably score a touchdown or two. Yes. But I like our defense to get critical stops when there's a momentum shift, like oh, if the Jets score again here. This is gonna start looking a little murky. I expect I I believe in our defense getting critical stops like that. I think we'll probably force another turnover or two. They've been pretty good at doing that, haven't they? I think Aiden Hutchinson will pressure the quarterback. I don't think there'll be a ton of just, oh, set up shop, nobody near you, do what you can do, Mike. I don't think there'll be a ton of that, even when we don't get to him. We'll still make him move a little bit, make him uncomfortable, maybe throw off his back foot. I think we'll be doing that to him. And on the flip side, even though their defense is solid and our offense has been cruising and, you know, Could be due on the road. We've been home for the last three. uh, You know, I think we'll be able to run the ball well enough that it gets Jared Goff time. It opens up the play-action game. I think Jamison Williams now, every week that goes by, he's going to get integrated more and more. Like, especially the fact that we're winning and fucking we got something within reach. I think Jamison, they're going to start using. Because even the Vikings, he had that opening catch, and then it was like, all right, he laid a nice block on the Justin Jackson run. By the way, shout out JMO on the crackback. But I think we're going to start saying, "All right, you ready to fucking get the ball? You ready to take a tackle? Like, we're this is it. We're going to start putting you in the gear here, brother man. We need you. They don't know that we fucking have you. They don't know what to do with you. They're worried about all the other dudes we have. They're not what. What happens when you come in the game and go straight? That fucks everything they had going up. I think he'll get plugged in more." And I trust Jared Goff at this point. Even if he doesn't play his best game, I still don't think he's going to turn it over. I don't think he's going to be missing wide open guys. I don't think he's going to be inaccurate. Like maybe he's not going to make a ton of crazy plays. Maybe he's not going to scramble at all. Maybe, you know, there's a couple of throws that are a little off the mark. But I think for the most part, He's going to take care of the ball. And when you're open, he'll hit you. Yeah, he might miss you here and there. But when you're open, I think he'll hit you. And if there's a play design where it's like that Jamison touchdown, hey, fucking make sure you take a peek at him. When there's a play that's drawn up for X guy to get open and this play works and Ben Johnson feels good about it, I think he'll be aware enough that, hey, fuck, it worked. That guy's open. He'll be looking at it. He'll be ready to throw the ball. Like I have faith in him running the offense and taking care of the ball. And I think our run game will do enough. I don't know that we're going to run wild, but I think they'll do enough. We'll pick up some first downs. We'll churn them a little bit, right? We'll tire them out. I don't know if we'll run wild, but it'll be enough. It's going to be a fucking close game, though, because the Robert Saleh, we talked about how we've got this good feeling. I'm sure he's tuned up. Dearborn guy, went to Michigan State, kind of up in the air, A for MSU when uh, before we got Mel Tucker, and when Dan Campbell was getting hired, it was like, ooh, Robert Saleh is a home-found dude. What about this? What about that? Hmm? I think he'll probably have a little extra pep in his step. I bet you Robert Saleh is sitting at home right now looking over film going, I want to beat these fucking guys. Let me be the reason. I told you so. Let me be the reason they don't make the playoffs this year. I bet you he's feeling some type of way. And listen, all that shit aside, how anybody anybody feels aside – the Jets need this one too. It's not like they're fucking coasting or they're in the bottom of the league waiting for their draft pick. The Jets are trying to make the playoffs. They need this. They need to win at three of their last four. They need some dubs. They know the lines are hot, they don't give a fuck. They need to beat us. We're in their way. It's going to be a dandy dude. <laughs> I'm pretty excited, but I like our guys. The feeling around this team Getting over that Vikings hump felt like, and now we go. You know what I mean? That was a huge game, and yes, it felt great. And yeah, that alone was a milestone kind of as far as like our progression towards making the playoffs and this thing really figuring itself out. But now that we got through them and we kind of climbed that hill, I said that a lot Tuesday, now we go. Let's keep it going. Yeah, we didn't come this far just to lose. Let's keep it going. We know we can be good teams. We hung with them all year and now we just fucking beat one of them. I feel good. I feel good. Maybe it's a little storybooky of me that fuck it's going so well, Dan Campbell, this is the year, man. This is the Lions year. Man, not to win the Super Bowl, but just to get back and pump some energy into the city and the fan base. This is it. It's we fucking this is these are the guys in the next year We'll load up even more, more than what anybody thought we could do. And next year, we're going to come for something big. This, it feels like it's building up towards that this year, doesn't it? Tell me I'm wrong. The biggest SOL guy out there, tell me I'm wrong. It feels like we're building up towards something going our way. We've been waiting for the big moment to go our way, and it almost did against the Bills Thursday. And then this past Sunday, it did in the worst way. It finally went our way. Even the calls, a couple. eh, Justin Jefferson, did he step out? I don't know, but hey, Sunday he did. Yes, it's finally going our way a little bit. The Jets aren't going to be the ones that ruin it. They can't be. That's not the way this story ends. That can't be it. The way this story goes, to satisfy all the audience, is the Lions beat the Jets on Sunday. They get to seven and seven. And the place lights itself on fire. That's where this goes. Then they beat the sorry-ass Panthers because a team of peg legs could beat them. They move to eight and seven. We can taste it. Everybody can taste it. Anyone who's ever worn the color blue, they wake up in the morning like, ugh, what did I eat last night? That's the fucking Lions coming for a playoff spot. That's what you ate in your goddamn dreams. Except... You woke up, and it was still true. And then it's going to be New Year's Day. Day The Bears come into Ford Field. And the place, honestly, they should get some structural engineers there because I just a couple double checks, make sure everything's nice and tight and locked in and we don't need to caulk anything or maybe a little duct tape couldn't hurt. I don't know. But we should double check that thing because it's going to be physically moving. It'll be moving up and down, left and right. The foundation will not be still. It hasn't been moved since the day they built the place. It'll be teetering, tottering back and forth with the hopes and dreams of millions reverberating through their caverns. (laughs) Then we play a game of Russian roulette against the Packers the next week. That's the way this story ends. Not with losing to the Jets and falling back to six and eight and, ah, Not like that. It ends with us winning against the Jets. Hey, Dan Campbell, you got one road win under your belt. You beat one of the teams from New York. Can you do it again, though? Anybody can do it once. Can you do it again? Can you call a good game? Can you manage your timeouts well? Kick it when you're supposed to. Punt it when you're supposed to. Go for it when you're supposed to. Are these guys going to be up? They're not going to be resting on their laurels, their six six and seven laurels, are they? You've explained to them where they're at, what this means, right? Can you do it twice? Because forget the great ones. The good ones can. When their backs are against the wall and they got to do it, they fucking deliver. Can you? Can you, Dan? Because I don't care about the names on the jerseys. I don't care about the salary cap. I don't care about how many draft picks at what positions are playing. I don't care about any of that. The last six weeks have shown you, they've shown everybody, you've got a pretty good fucking football team you're coaching. You've got guys that are more than capable of getting the job done. You've got people that work for you that know what the fuck they're doing, that have shown an ability to make changes when needed. You've got something. Maybe it's not the best, but it's pretty fucking good. Can you go into the Meadowlands Sunday and win on the road again? After a little bit of a homestand, when everybody's going to be tuned in and counting on you. I think they can, and I think they do. There's not a world that exists. I just watched everything everywhere all at once. There's not a multiverse version of me that sits here and goes, no, no, the Lions aren't going to do it someday. That doesn't exist. And I know that contradicts the entire purpose of the multiverse. I get it. That's how good I feel. That's just me. They're, that parallel universe fucking vanished. When Einstein said E equals MC squared, poof, it gone. Deleted from history, from the nebula forever. I believe the Lions are going to go to the Meadowlands. I believe we're going to run the ball. I believe Jared Goff is going to make some big throws. And I believe our defense is going to play well. And I think we're going to win the game. And we're going to get back to 500. And we're going to make this thing interesting down to the very last whistle of 2022. That's how I feel. And I can't wait, dude. Being excited for a Lions game, having an appointment viewing this in December of the Detroit Lions to see if we can make the playoffs or what. That feels fucking great. So enjoy that one last time. When the game starts on Sunday, just appreciate. Five minutes before, when the wings are in the microwave, just sit there and... just appreciate that the lines are even in the spot that you get to experience those emotions that you have set an alarm for Sunday that you made plans and you just had to be with your friends to watch this one. Just remember that. appreciate it because it's the beauty in all of us. it's why we do it. it's why people like you and I have suffered through all these years of Lions football is for days like Sunday feelings like Sunday. One more quick break. We're going to do a little bit of a speed round. Touch a little bit on the Pistons. Ugh. Um, talk MSU rebounding today, recruiting-wise, or on Thursday I should, or Wednesday. I'm recording this Wednesday. Um, and then the Victor's shirt that's coming out on the second string. Absolute heater. This weekend only. Michigan fans, I'm telling you, the thesecondstring.com, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <sighs> you are in for something special. Quick break. Yeah, the Pistons are just you know, the Pistons. They're bad. They won tonight against Charlotte. Killian Hayes, I believe, played another good game, but Cade's done. Um we got Jaden Ivy, he's cool, he's fast, great in transition. Jalen Durin's been pretty good. He's a freak. Right. Um, they're bad. Boyan's been pretty good. I can't believe we got him for fucking peanuts. Pistons are bad. They're seven and twenty, I think. Seven and twenty one, something like that. It's you know, it's not great. It doesn't really catch my eye. I don't I don't get home from work and go, fuck, are the pistons on? I just can't get there really. You gotta you gotta give me something. You gotta give me something. I'm not gonna watch the Pistons without Kade just to see him lose. You know what I mean? And I'm happy Killian's doing well. And I'm sure I've seen some Ivy clips. Like I'm sure he's sweet to watch and you can see the growth. I just I'm not by the way, if you heard that, I'm sorry. I'm not deep enough into the Pistons to be able to get myself to do that. Is what it comes down to. You know, I'll follow along, I read and see hey, they win, they lose, who played well. Killian Hayes, Killian Hayes, Killian Hayes by the way. Nothing but Killian the last couple of weeks. I'm just not a big enough fan to get there and sit down and dedicate my Wednesday night to the 7 and 20 basketball team that plays in Detroit. I just cuz they've been bad forever as well. Like you, you kind of get desensitized and the Red Wings, there were a couple cold years, like probably 2018, 2019. I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to just mail these in. Maybe, you know, if it's Saturday night, if nothing's going on, I'll yeah, throw them on, but I'm probably going to just not watch these really, unless I'm doing nothing else. That's kind of where the Pistons are at and they've been there for a while <laughs> regrettably outside of the Blake Griffin run when he was our course MVP candidate. Yeah. That's kind of just the deal. With me and them. Hopefully they get Wemby. I don't think they will. But, you know, I'll be back for the opener next year. I will. We'll have Cade at full strength feeling better than ever. Ivy and Dern in year two. Maybe we add a little more in free agency. Fucking pray to God. We get Wemby. I mean, that's a team. That's a team. But then the season starts, you know. Then games get played and are are they winning or are they losing them again? Because I thought this year would be better. Even before Cade got hurt. Thought it would be. I thought last year with Cade would have been better, eh, not, not, not quite. So I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at with the Pistons. The Cade news sucks, though. I will say that anytime your franchise player goes down, I know it's like, well, you know, take care of it early. It's all right. It'll help the tank, and then he'll be back and p- with plenty of time to prepare and shit next year. Yeah, I mean that's the optimistic way of viewing it, which I'm happy people have that perspective. But as far as my excitement it's disappointing it's like god damn it another year of this it's what i just said the entire red wing spiel it was like i get that it might be for the best and it simply just isn't in the cards but it's as a fan ugh, i like it more when we win it's more fun i want to watch the next time when they win i get excited i I, it's more of like a date it's more of an appointment i i the pistons are on fuck i gotta get to a television that's at when they're winning when they're losing, and then they lose again, and then they're losing again, like year after year after year, and they're adding guys, oh, Cade Cunningham, oh, Jaden and Ivy, and they're still losing. It's like, oh. like you only have me for so long. So, I don't want to be a bummer because you're feeling so good about the Lions, but I got to be honest, right? All right, MSU bounces back a little bit. A couple commitments today: Isaiah Johnson, I think that's how you say it. Three-star athletes, I believe, out of Virginia. Jalen Barberin from right here in California. We'll keep it home for you, or we'll keep it warm for you while you're gone, Jalen. You're the man. We love you. Um, three-star running back from Simi Valley, I think exactly is where he is, California. They add Samaji Morgan or Samaj Morgan, transfer Wisconsin, hometown kid from Huntington Woods, I think I read. Um, fifth year guy transferring in from Wisconsin. We'll see. I I gotta be honest with the transfers. I know State's going after that offensive line, who's like the number one transfer offensive lineman in the portal that like that'll fire me up. But the other transfers, it's like, all right, we'll see. I know we had Kenneth Walker and Winman was a difference maker this year, but I'm kind of just, we'll see. There's a reason guys are in the transfer portal, right? Like if you're balling out and you're, you can't wait for next year, you're you're only going to get better. You've had a great experience. Like if things are going super well, you're not in the transfer portal. If you're playing a lot and you're playing well, you're probably not in the transfer portal, Right. That doesn't make a ton of sense. So it's tough for me unless it's a guy like I think Keyshawn Blackstock is his name, the offensive lineman, unless it's a guy who's coming from a Juco or a Kenneth Walker where it's like this dude just didn't get touches for whatever reason. It's tough for me to get super excited. It is just the way it goes, but it is good to see state rebound. We added a kicker from North Carolina as well. Thank God. Fucking thank God. Hopefully this kid can make extra points. Does Mel Tucker needs just somebody that'll go a long way. No matter what the record looks like, that'll go a long way next year. If we can hit a couple kicks, that's all just the extra points and the close ones. Just a few. It'll go a long fucking way. As far as the approval rating, it's good to just add guys. It's good to get some bodies. Cause that was my biggest thing. We have nine four stars already. In the class, that's the most four stars Michigan State has ever, if it stays that way. That's the most four stars Michigan State has ever had, or eight maybe, in a class. We got some top-end talent. We just need some bodies. Ideally, we want guys that can play, but we need depth. We need guys that can play, that can offer depth. Yeah, they won't be the top of the class, but hey, they can do it. Give them a little bit of time to develop, and they'll make great backups or whatever the case is. You just need bodies. Ten people. I think now we sit at 12 of just high schoolers. Still isn't enough. We still got more work to do. And the Washington State kid, the quarterback, Sam Leavitt, he just decommitted tonight from Washington State. It's looking like he will commit to MSU, which is four-star quarterback. I'm never going to get upset with that. Kedrick Riscano, the four-star running back we had committed earlier on in the cycle. It's us and Ole Miss, it looks like. I guess we're still a little bit in the race. Um, There's that Sean Brown kid. Corner committed to Arizona, who I believe is projected to flip to MSU. Okunlola, the five-star offensive lineman. It's us, Bama, Florida, and the U in his final four. I think he he commits today, if you're hearing this, the 15th. So there's still some irons in the fire, but we got to add more. No doubt. It's just like everybody just quick, deep breath. It's all good. They'll figure it out. Mel Tucker still has got it. He knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. And I was a little nervous. I mean, I I said it. I didn't try to hide it. Tuesday, I wasn't feeling great because how could you feel great about what was going on? We're losing guys, decommitting. We only have 10 people. Shit's a week away, early signing day. What are we doing? We're going the wrong way, but they're going to add some more. And that's all they're missing. I think we're ranked, as it stands, the 33rd best class in the country. Our player average is above 90. Like, you add guys, you just get the numbers up. We're going to be sitting in the top 25, and that's all Mel Tucker needs to do this year. This class, get it into the top 25, and I'll be happy. If he top 20 would be fucking exquisite. Get it into the top 25, and I'll be happy. And then next year, 2024, is the first time Mel puts his foot down, and we start – top 15 top 12 we start seeing what we can really do the facility starts to break ground mel's getting his guys in things are going well maybe a couple kids go to the nfl then in 2024 we can really start to recruit and land the top top talent but it was a good day for msu good to see him bounce back i'm excited to see what else happens the rest of the week that four star the qb That's pretty exciting. I saw some tape on him. He looks pretty good. Now it's Caden Hauser's team for the next three years, I think. I pray to God. Um, But backups never hurt. Depth never hurts. Competition never hurts. And at some point, Sam Leavitt, if he's still at MSU, is going to get the chance to take the starting job. At some point, that'll happen. So I'm pretty excited. I'm happy that just right away there was an answer like, I'm starting to get a little nervous and boom, the very next day, commit, 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 commit. That's big. That, that always hits, right? I'm talking next day. Mel delivers. That'll do. Thank you, Mel. I appreciate that, but I'm excited to see what else they can do. I'm excited to see if there's any magic left because yeah, we kind of know a couple of these guys, they're crystal ball. It's all right. They're going to go to MSU, but there's a couple big time guys who we, I don't know that Riscano, top 200 guy running back. We'll see. He decommitted from MSU. So I don't feel great about it, but, it's us and all Miss. You never know. A five-star, uh, Alabama, Florida, the U. All right, he seems to want to go down south um, and play for a team who's going to pay him. And uh, big-time program, fair enough. Can't really blame him. But, hey, we're in the top four. There were some big fucking programs that aren't in the top four. We'll see. You never know. Mel Tucker's a good recruiter, dude. One of these days, listen, one of these days, Mel Tucker is going to land a guy like Okunala. One of these days, he's going to land a massive five-star, a guy who could have gone to Alabama, could have gone to Ohio State, could have gone anywhere, and he's going to come play for Mel Tucker in Michigan State. That's going to happen eventually, whether it's with Okunlala or in the next cycle, a guy like David Stone. Why not have it be this cycle? Can you imagine that boost? We get this quarterback, we get the corner from Arizona, and then we get a five-star offensive tackle who's probably going to play day one. Whew. All of a sudden, Mel Mel Tucker, all of a sudden, he's licking his chops. He makes our 10th or our first five-star, nine four-stars. We got that kind of talent coming in. That shit is unprecedented. And even if they don't all play, they're going to play eventually, and a couple of them are going to play. A couple of them are going to get a strong, heavy dose of a chance to play, whether it's due to them being that good or people getting injured. I'm excited to see what happens. So... Little life back for MSU fans. Michigan fans, obviously, you've got the college football playoff coming up on New Year's Eve. We'll talk about that next – or the week of Christmas? Yeah, whatever, the week between Christmas and New Year's. That week we'll talk about the Michigan game. Obviously massive. Obviously a lot bigger than getting a couple recruits. Obviously way bigger than worrying about finishing in the top 25. It's as big as it gets. So that will absolutely be a topic of conversation, probably the main topic, them and the Lions that week. But better than that for Michigan fans is the victors. 2022, the new design commemorating this season. I say this a lot, but I I think this crazy thing's happening where when you practice something, you get better. I think it's the best design I've ever made. It's unbelievable. There's a nod to the Ohio State win. There's a nod to the rivalry trophies. 2021, 2022 back-to-back champs. A sick fucking image from that Ohio State game. The font is cool. Jim Harbaugh hoisting the trophy. And then in the background, it's the little Fiesta flower, the logo of the thing. It's it's a thing of beauty. It really is. Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern time, it comes out, thesecondstring.com. I've been good to Michigan fans this year, outside of roasting their head coach. <laughs> as far as the brand is concerned, I fucking, I've put out some nice Michigan stuff. It always pains me too, because I make the design and I'm like, God, that's cool. And I'm never ever going to own a shirt that has it on it. That's a damn shame. But it fires me up seeing you guys and the feedback I get and the people who buy it and post it on Instagram and all that stuff. Reach out, tell me the compliments. That means a lot. So I'm excited to put this one out, see what you guys think. Again, Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern, thesecondstring.com, The Victor's 2022 All right, that's all I got today, everybody. Uh, Appreciate you listening, spreading the word. Hope you all have a wonderful weekend and I'll talk to you guys next week.